Wow. There is there's music playing in the background right now, but it's not actually there because I couldn't get the music to work right now, so I'm gonna put it in post. Man, I, I love this song. I really love this song. This one that's playing right yeah, now. I don't hear anything. That's Josh, you missed it. There's no there's no music playing because I couldn't get it to work, but I'm gonna put some in later. But we love this song. This is my favorite part right now. Man, here. this part of the song, wait, hold on, listen. Oh my butt. Wow. Remarkable. My favorite truly. It'd be better if you just didn't put a song in and just left it like that. They're like listening really intently. Like, I don't I don't think I hear it. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Burning Down the House podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Minth, and I'm joined here by my lovely co-hosts with the S at the end, because sometimes I only say it with the non-S, and there's two, and that's just not right. I'm with Austin Regula and Josh Fetzer. Oh, yeah. That was definitely Austin. That was not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, proud to, I'm proud to admit that. What's that supposed to mean? I think Austin came with a wonderful energy, and it brightened my day. He did. Um, <laughs> You're probably right. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, yeah, Josh. Gosh. Gosh, I'm Josh. Uh, <laughs> How are we all What's, doing? Uh, I wish I could be up there right now. It's actually seeming like it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's going to be 80 and sunny for the high for like the next two days, and then it's going to not be fun for you anymore because it's going down to like high of 60 and lows of like 35. Sweet. Been, sounds awful. We've been having chilly mornings. It's been pretty sweet. Dude, I love my chilly mornings. I wake up. I let my dog out. I feel like I'm dying, but it's great. <laughs> I go from like, nice. mm, I'm in my house to mm, I'm in my underwear on my porch, really cold. <laughs> Is it socially oh acceptable to like walk out of your home as far as the mailbox in your underwear? <laughs> no. Um, probably I'm going to go with no. Well, nobody can stop I'm me. I'm just saying. <laughs> the, the police can. No, they can't. <laughs> they can arrest me for it, but they can't stop me. <laughs> um, but yeah, welcome. Uh, how 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 have, is everything going with my boys? It's been going awesome, going pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got. It's been going pretty good. Yeah, I, that's, that's all, all right, I got, you know, really. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's COVID, all I got. COVID, COVID seems to be a bit on the decline, which is nice, from what I can tell. And then, uh, you know, people are getting back back into their um, normal routines or a little bit more. School is still going strong, all that kind of thing, current event type stuff, yeah. which does affect our lives. But, like, for me, it's going pretty well. Um I don't know, like, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but my uh, relocation to Florida. So for me, it's kind of heaven and zen because I've always wanted to live here. And uh, last month, my wife and I took the plunge and did it. And we're just waiting on our house to get built. So it's a lot going on in my life, but, you know, it's still good. Everything's good. Weather's perfect. It's beautiful out, you know, so don't have to deal with winter coming up. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm like anti-Daniel in that. I don't go to the, the mailbox in my underwear uh, in, the, in the chilly weather. You do it in the I heat. I go to the mailbox in my, in my underwear in the heat. <laughs> I get really sweaty and then go out my Yeah, Make sure I'm nice and sweaty in that in that region. Good visual for all of our, our listeners. So, yeah. 
but no, I mean, everything's going pretty well for, for me on my end, but, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm also busy. Got a lot going on, but, uh, you know, I think that's the way I want to live my life. So that doesn't bother me too much. I think I'd be way more upset if I was just sitting around doing nothing. Um, I, uh, I recently, since we've documented this in the past in my car journey, I bought that X3 and uh, I thought I'm gonna do my oil change, yeah. and I did my oil change and it was oh, great. Yeah. And then sick, and like two months went by, and I was like, I'm gonna go get my car like inspected. Like I just want to know like generally what's wrong with it. And the dude was like, Hey, you got a minor oil leak by your oil filter housing. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is the end of the world. I need to fix this. So I got a new oil filter and I put it on. Well, because I was afraid, he said it was leaking because I had tightened it too tight, but I had tightened it to the torque spec that the company wanted me to. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I loose, so I did it looser this time. Well, what I learned is, is if your oil filter is too loose, your car will lose a lot of oil all over your friend's driveway, your parent's driveway, in the middle of your road, your driveway, and your garage. The other thing I learned is oil's really hard to clean up. <laughs> so uh, I currently have a, there's currently tire tracks from my house to the entrance of my neighborhood from when I was under my car at one o'clock in the morning in the middle of the street cleaning up oil. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> it was a good time, though. I learned a lot. you learn i mean that's the most important thing right well yeah because i, about it. I had like, up your mess with the other thing right like whatever. i had like gone to my friend's house and like thought everything was just cheeky and then like i'm i i'd gone from my friends to my parents and i'm like eating dinner with my parents just having a wonderful family evening and i get a text from him and it's just as a puddle of oil in his driveway and he's like hey do you know about this and i'm like uh oh no so I go outside, and it's happening on my parents' driveway. <laughs> so I'm, like, freaking I was freaking yeah. out. I was like, oh, no. Like, you're not supposed to lose yeah. that much oil. Like, Because, like, for some people thinking, like, I'm not over-exaggerating when I say there was, like, a pool of oil. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my car's dripping. It was like, my car is avalanching. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Outside well, of that. Uh, yeah. We're your just, car, your engine didn't blow up, I take it. It did not. Be singing a different song. It did not. The only, oh no, I would yeah. been, I would be furious. <laughs> I would be very unhappy. <laughs> um, the one thing that I did have to, the other thing I learned is that new BMWs, well newer, do not have dipsticks. They have sensors that read the oil level. But, oh, really? So you don't know. So at this point, like I had lost like, a lot of my oil so i had to put oil into my car but you can't put too much oil into your car so you usually you know you get the dipstick out like how much is in there but with my car it has to be running and be driven for six kilometers before it'll read out the oil at level so i had to eyeball the oil level <laughs> and pour it in oh i poured it in God. at the office really? actually i brought it with me to work i poured it in at the office and then i was like well here's to getting home <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All worked out. But yeah, we're 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 living good out here. We're living good in the Fetzer House office. You know, things are things are bustling and hustling about. Yes, they are. So I office in Indiana. 
I have a thing to ask you guys about that we haven't talked about yet that we probably should have talked about a while ago that I just kind of like neglected to um, talk about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the stage, even though Shame. you guys probably have heard of this for for the listeners. So we all know about Fortnite, the video game. Um, if you're a parent, oh, your kids probably yeah. play it. If you are a young adult, you've probably played it. It's a game. I don't like it, but it's very popular. It is very popular on mobile devices. So it was one of the first like bigger games that like had like a solid mobile experience. So like you got like 11-year-olds that are pros on iPad playing Fortnite, which is just bonkers to me. Well, they sell it through the App Store, through the Apple App Store and the Google Play App Store. Um and right. Epic Games publishes Fortnite. So there's like a little thing in the game where you can buy like in-game currency with real money so that you can get cosmetic skins. And Epic decided, because they were tired of paying the share, so if you buy something on Apple's platform, let's say you have a weather app and you want to get the ads-free version and you pay them $3, 30% of mm-hmm. that goes to Apple. Or yeah, 30% yeah. of it goes to Google. And that's kind of like a standard rate for that kind of stuff in that space. Mm-hmm. Epic decided right. that they were going to let people buy their currency, but it was going to send them to a separate checkout page so as to bypass the built-in um, payment processing. Right. Apple. And right. Apple, not only <laughs> did they say, no, 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 they took Fortnite off of the App Store. Um, yep. To which Epic revealed that I think... Now, this is where I don't want to be quoted. It's either 33 or 66. I don't remember if it was a third or two-thirds of their player base is iOS-based. So that's a big oh, hit. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a big oh, hit wow. for Epic. Um, it, it then went to trial. We had the first preliminary like hearing thing, and uh, <laughs> the judge upheld Apple. So they said, yeah, Apple's. it was in the terms. The terms say you can't do that. They did it. They took them off. Epic is now seeking to sue more saying that Apple and Google oh have God. created a duopoly for mobile apps and that there's not a there's no competition in the market and therefore they need to be like dismantled or whatever. So I say all that to set the stage, but my question to you guys is way more generalized because who gives a shit about Fortnite and Apple? Uh, is <laughs> let's say let's say you had an app or whatever and you wanted to sell some add on to it. Like and you had do you see a, do you see any reason to be upset that like you've broke the terms of a contract and then they acted accordingly? Like does anyone see Epic side cuz I'm struggling to see it. I don't understand. Um, no, I mean I I understand it. I understand what they're saying. Um I don't know how I feel about it, how far I agree with them. Um it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where you sign up a terms of service or whatever with Apple, and they say, "Well, you're going to have to, you know, go through our payment process and all that." You know what I mean? Like they set up in Epic, try to go around that. That's kind of on Epic, in my yep. opinion. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta set. If Epic wants to get around it, they can build their own app and put it out, you know, some other way. Um, but honestly, like when you sign up with, you know, to push an app through Apple's ecosystem with the whole iOS marketplace and Mac OS and all that, you've got to abide by them. It's their system. It's not yours. And, you know, it's kind of like people get mad about, I mean, Microsoft, all the big players going to do this now, like Google, Microsoft, Apple, 
uh, Hackview, Facebook does it. You know, you can develop apps on any one of their platforms and they're going to take their cut of what you made. Yep. You know, because basically you're, you're using their ecosystem to build the app. Now, just because your content is amazing, you know, Fortnite is obviously amazing in many people's minds. So they buy it and they buy skins and they buy whatever, you know, sellables are in that game. But like, it doesn't mean that you get to bypass all of a sudden, you know, the platforms that you're using. Um, you know, people have been doing that. The kind of distribution model is what that is. And that's that's been in existence, you know, for you know, I don't know, probably at least a hundred years, probably longer. I have no idea. So don't quote me on that, but like, you know, it's at least been around ever since, you know, retail became super popular and, you know, stores were stocking up, you know, they had to find ways to get products from manufacturers through to retailers. And most of the time it went from, you know, manufacturer to wholesaler to distributor to retailer. And there's probably, you know, other steps depending, depending on the industry within there. And what we're talking about is basically, to go to the end product, you're going from manufacturer Epic, right? They're creating the code to make Fortnite to distributor Apple, you know, yep. and Apple saying, well, we want our cut and it's going to be a high rate. And yep. Epic doesn't like that. They're trying to basically just go to the end, end consumer and skip around that. And that's that process, you know, it's not really up to Epic. So long-winded answer, but like that's kind of the way I see the world. And I would, I'd be ticked off if I was a, you know, I was hosting content and, you know, it costs me because Apple, you know, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to run an app store, run an ecosystem as big as theirs is. Yep. And I mean, they, they are spending probably hundreds of millions of dollars a year is my guess. I, I actually have no clue how much it costs them, but it's, it's, you know, way beyond our comprehension as individuals for them to host an online store 24 by seven by 365. Yeah. Um, year. And it's not just hosting it like to have something up. It's so good that you can literally download anything at any time. Right. Yep. Like very rarely do you have an issue with that. And that's a pretty amazing, remarkable feat. If you really like stop to think about it, like what they're really doing. Um, and that goes for anyone that's doing like the big players. That's why those tech companies are, are worth so much because they've figured that out. They're, they're able to actually get a product in a consumer's hands in a matter of seconds. If you really want, you know what I mean? Yep. At, like at you can, but yeah, at any time. And by product, I mean like software product, obviously for hardware, it takes a day or two days or whatever to ship it to you. But like, that's, that's insane. You know, you think about how, you know, that, that model didn't even exist. I would, I don't even think it existed 10 years ago. If I had to, you know, I mean, when yeah. the iPhone came out, it changed everything. And once the Android phone came out it you know, those, those stores can now deliver products so fast and such a high rate of quality too. Um, that it's just, we, we kind of take that for granted. So I think Epic is probably screwed here yeah. <laughs> in, in this particular case. And so like to speak to that, like I fully agree, like the, 30% to have your app hosted on the app store and like promoted on the app store and like to, right. to, to gather that community seems like a small fee to pay. Um, right. More information has come out and Epic has kind of, I think Epic's kind of shifted their argument a little bit. Cause I think everyone was kind of like, okay, hold on. Like you can't sign a contract and then be pissed when you don't follow it and people get upset. Like that's going to happen. Right. Um, right. What they're saying is, is like, yeah, so you could theoretically use another app store, right? You could develop one. Well, you can't if you want Apple users to use it, and that makes up a decent amount of the phones. 
Um, Apple's argument is we have 14% market share. How could you base everything off of a 14% market share? Which also makes a lot of sense. Um, and they made the same ish statement for Google. So for, I know we've kind of focused mostly on Apple. That's who they're mainly suing. They are suing Google too, but it's, eh. um, Google phones. Um, so Android phones will let you sideload an app. You can install an app. That's not from the play store. Um, that is not a thing on Apple phones. But Epic's argument is that Google makes it so hard and you have to go around so many hoops that it's not a viable decision. So their they're, they're main, I think what they're really going for now is to try to say the 30% is too high and it, I think it's like the 30% is going to be too high if it, those are the only two places that we're able to distribute our apps. And they're using arguments such as like Amazon doesn't pay the 30%. Um because they negotiated a deal with Apple. So I think Epic is kind of... One of the things that I think is really remarkable is that their fight will really help small devs. So, like, not everyone can negotiate with Apple to get a better percentage like Amazon can. Or like Epic probably could have. Like, right. And so maybe that 30% is too high for me if I'm making a small mobile game and I just want to sell some skins and I'm just trying to make my living doing that. And I think... That's like the main, yeah. maybe Epic kind of had a long, I'm thinking Epic probably had some sort of a long game because like it definitely was thought out because when it was, when the first lawsuit dropped the next day, do you remember the old Apple ad for 1984 or whatever? I don't remember 18, I don't remember the year, but we're like, yeah. it was like the evil overlords. Yeah. Um, they did, yeah. Fortnite put out an animated short the day of the lawsuit depicting Apple as like the overlord. <laughs> like how the tables have turned. And it was like, it's a very, very well executed both lawsuit and marketing thing. So I will, I don't want to shit on them right. too much because I do disagree with what they're arguing, like a lot actually. Yeah. But yeah. I am in, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by it. I think it's a very interesting time where we're seeing a lot of, you know, all these things are now going to go to like the Supreme Court and stuff. And we've never seen like the app store be a concern or like the percentages that an app gets. Like this is, Great. we're going to set the precedent now and it's cool to see that happening. Yeah. It's, it's becoming more of a digital world, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of why we're in, we're in business and we do what we do, you know, is I won't go too long on this, but just basically you can't operate anymore without technology in your business. Like it doesn't exist. And so you can either give basically, you know, three options, do it yourself, hire somebody internally or outsource it, you know, uh, management and maintenance of of your devices, your technology, your networks, all that kind of thing. Right. And so, you know, you're basically looking at a world now where we've stopped, you know, what we manufacture and what we build anymore like a lot of the same stuff exists but a lot of it's changed and everything's very virtualized you know so so like there's there's a whole a whole argument that can be made now where a lot of old school thinking around oh technology yeah computers we just need to throw a little bit of money at that over there well now it's becoming critically important because you can't even function your business at all like you can't process paperwork you can't do POs or invoices or, you know, do sales sheets and slicks. So, I mean, everything's online. It's virtualized. You can't function without an internet connection and good solid devices to get there and solid pathways to get there. So that's, 
that's that's kind of where the world has shifted so much in that direction and we've seen that even for us and that's why we do what we do um because it is it, it's needed right it's needed now well in the same line of thought so are all the court decisions like you just said and so are all the like you know the legal precedents that have to be set and a lot of them have been set but as we continue to populate the internet with more and more business we're going to see more and more of this we're going to see more people getting into it and fighting with each other and then you know even more collaboration on the other side of that you know it's just it's it's insane to think about the amount of of actual um not just work just effort going into all of it you know and and to see the world kind of shifting in that direction and you know if elon musk is right you know it'll be artificially intelligent robots that we have to worry about next. So yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing, which is old, kind of old news. I mean, that was back in the news cycles, like, I don't know, last year around this time, I think something like that. Yeah. So, they were going real hard on like the truckers are going to get replaced. And, right. but it I also like, not true. Not true. Well, you have to, it, you it, also it, have to take everything uh, he says with like the grain of salt of he's trying to develop a truck that can drive no. itself. Of course he doesn't yeah. want truckers to exist. Right. Like, and, and that, that's the thing. Like, people, people, oh, Elon, oh, Elon. And it's like, yeah, no. I mean, if you really stop and take a look at what he's saying, if you're exactly right on the sales piece. The other part of it is, like, I've seen how bad, like, it, it's hard to envision a world for me. And maybe this dates me and makes me too old school now. But envisioning a world where, like, all the roads are actually. Artificial intelligence is able to detect and see what the heck's going on in every environment. Like yeah. I know how screw up, screwed up things can get on the roadways, just because I used to be in law enforcement. I used to deal with construction sites and deal, watch accidents and all kinds of crazy things happening. And you know, government changes roads; they don't tell anybody. They move, they stop things, they close off intersections. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that. I don't know that AI will ever be smart enough to really be able to detect in a hundred percent foolproof capacity, Yep. you know, and that's kind of where I go. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't believe that he's right. I just can't, I can't found that world. The same thing is just with planes, right? Like autopilot, think of it that way. It's been in existence for, you know, who knows, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, something like that. Right. And autopilot and airplanes, it still can't land a plane every time in every airport, no matter what, you can't just like press a button and expect your plane to land. You actually have to have a pilot in the cockpit flying the plane at some point and artificial intelligence and autopilot, even in those scenarios, is not intelligent enough to understand like, Oh, there's a flock of birds. I need to avoid that. You know, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's a weird role and to, to see both and to hear the arguments on both sides is weird, but I just don't believe he's right. I don't think he, I don't think he does what, I think he's selling. I think you're right. Daniel. I don't. I think he's selling. That's where I always end up is like, okay, well, let's look at what you're doing. Like, are you trying to sell me something that's directly impacted by what you're talking about? Oh, okay, you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not to say I want to make something very clear before I get. Okay, I'm. I'm not going to pretend like that many people listen to this before everyone yells at me. Elon Musk is a smart guy. I don't believe that Elon Musk doesn't know anything that he's talking about or that he's wrong or any of that. It's not what I'm saying. I just don't know if I believe the the level or the severity of what he says where it's like, well, they're going to take over. and Like, AI, AI is a long way away from developing the soft skills of dealing with human beings. And mm-hmm. that is valuable enough that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, can the... 
can the AI negotiate the truckload with the with someone like a Total Quality Logistics? No. Not very well. No. Not to the extent no. that it could. Not when it's talking to a human salesperson on the other side. You know what I mean? Like all, I feel like when people think yeah. of like trucking or some of these industries, they think of the act of driving the truck. And there's so much more that goes on to moving a load of things from one place to another place oh, yeah. than just Absolutely. the driving part. Yeah. And same with it, same it. with manufacturing. Like, yeah, a lot of that is done by we've done walkthroughs at sites where I've seen a bunch of robots doing all the things, but at the same time, they're still there's still humans. They still got to check right. the robot's quality. The robot can't check the robot's quality because then another robot would have to check the robot's quality of the robot's quality. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe someday we'll be there, but I don't know. I just don't see it. I, just, I think it's a lot longer, you know, a way off than it is than what people people think. I mean, there's just too and there's too many like there's too many industries that don't leverage auto- automation and. Uh, AI, like there's a ton of industries that don't even care. They don't have, they don't have any value to it. Right. Yep. Like until that is truly democratized or commoditized, whatever word you want to throw around that, you know, just basically talks about limitless accessibility because things are so cheap. Um, you know, think about printing, like printers are everywhere now, right? Like, you know, a hundred years ago, you had to go to a printing press and have somebody print something for you. And it was a disaster to try and get it done. In a similar vein, like we, until all like artificial intelligence becomes like a, a walk of life, like a day, day-to-day thing that you're just used to, it's like driving a car. It's just not going to be that pervasive. You know, it just, it can't. Well, I feel so, like well, people it, lose sight of the idea that like we are humans living in a human society. Like it's not like, like to some extent, yeah. all of humanity has to relinquish humanity in order for that to happen. And the likelihood of that within our yeah. lifetime and or our kids' lifetimes and or their kids' lifetimes, honestly, like eh, I won't say that far because, you know, that's the thing that always trips me up is I always want to say like something's far out. And then I look at how fast things have rapidly started. Like, like things have started accelerating faster. Like, I know that's like a stupid thing to say, like at what point does it stop growing exponentially? Like maybe, maybe I'm, I mean, at the same time, like I was, I also have to like take, like, I'm just some dude. Like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I guess these people know more than me, but like, it seems far fetched to me that like, we're just going to get completely taken over by robots like anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it, it, I agree with you completely. I would say I don't know about how I feel about the the concept of things rising exponentially. I mean, maybe in certain ways they are, like in in computing and you know that kind of thing. Sure, but like day to day life. I mean, I don't know. I I don't feel like I look at like my life. I don't look at it like I could be doing the exact same thing in 2011 that I'm doing now. Like nothing has really changed or been that dramatic of a change for me personally. Yeah. Where like I have a laptop, I have a mobile device. I had both those things back then. Right. Like I could literally do my job from anywhere on the planet back then. I had a hotspot. Um, I had a, you know, and I kind of look at all these things and go, okay, yeah, but what, what really are we doing? Like what's really different? And the only thing that I can really point to you is the cloud has developed you know, like you leveraging data centers that are cheap and accessible. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. But, um, and, and obviously mobile mobility is becoming more and more pervasive as people are using, you know, mobile phones to access information on the web and all that kind of thing in real time and chat with each other from across the planet. I think 
you know, that again, that feature has existed. Those chat capabilities or texting people like with WhatsApp or whatever, you know, it's been around forever. Um, it's, you know, so it's, I look at all that and I go, I don't know. I don't know what's really changed. You know, like, I think it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff in the 2010s. Because I agree with you. Yeah. Like, pre 2010 was like, oh, we could talk to each other. Oh, we could send each other pictures. Right. Yeah. Oh, we can do videos. Oh, we can blah. Like, I get yeah. that. But like, yeah. Since then, I feel like you got like, okay, now we got like better machine learning is starting to happen. We have better cameras can capture events better. We have things like yeah. like the deep fake thing. It's like a very big advancement that yeah. I think has happened recently. Like we have, I think there's, I think a lot of the stuff that we, yeah, I think I'll just say it that way. The 20, 2000 to 2010, very apparent changes, like very obvious yeah. Daily life yep. is changing. And then yep. 10 to like where we are now, 10 to 20, it was a lot of like creature comforts and really behind the scenes, high level stuff that changes like the efficiency. Because I do agree, like, yeah, I had a laptop in 2011. My laptop right. now is a, it's a very different experience. Like even, even not adjusting for like the price of the laptop, like the high end MacBook that you could get before, just like, the level of innovation that Intel has made, um, lowering their uh, manufacturing sizes and all that kind of stuff, like getting to the point where we have right. where you're where you're shrinking it to where I can go anywhere with one bag and have computer, tablet, phone, and interface, and I could have like a legit whole podcasting studio in a backpack. Like I don't think that was yeah. as much of a thing yeah. in like 2010. I think. A lot of the twenty, I call the twenty twenty ten through twenty twenty. I call a digital renaissance. Um, maybe that's a little bit too extreme for some people, but I, I personally view it that way. And I think a lot of that is due to how easy technology has made everything. And like that yeah. is a big characteristic of that decade too. Is like technology made everything simple. Now you can open up Snapchat and you can get a filter that would have taken someone like forever to create. Like that little like. I can take this out and make it look like it's being shot on VHS. I remember 2007 and trying so long to make something look like it was low quality. And now it's just drag a filter over it. And like, <laughs> that is something that like to most people sounds like such a, it's such a non thing. Like, okay, I can make a stupid yeah. video better. No, like there, that's a big deal. information can be disseminated quicker. Like that, that is huge. I'll tell you one area where I think there's still, I think there's massive um, change coming and, and that's in the entertainment, uh, digital entertainment space, like, you know, the Netflix and that kind of thing, uh, Netflix, Hulu, all that kind of thing, all the different subscriptions that we have now for all the different content that's floating around out there. Like that, uh oh, did I get a womp womp? I accidentally, that? that was an accident. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's one area where I really think digital renaissance, I mean, like, you want know, to talk about a renaissance, those are the things that, like, I don't know, those really change the way we spend our time, right? Like, in the evenings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the weekends. Like, we, we used to, I mean, think about, like, back in, I want to say 2000 and, let's see, 2007, 2008, yeah, it would have been, like, six, seven, eight in there, maybe 2009, Redbox. Uh, and Netflix, like Redbox, I think it just come out. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. 
might be a fact check for you, Austin, but like there's, but Netflix was still DVD format, right? Like DVD. Yeah, no, you Blu-ray were still mailing them with Netflix for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember doing that because I remember I used to watch, you know, some of the popular shows like The Wire and Deadwood and stuff like that that came out like from HBO and whatnot. And Netflix had, you know, your mail in, you get two discs at a time, three discs at a time, whatever it was, one disc at a time, et cetera. And, you know, I remember doing all that and, you know, then all of a sudden we started seeing Netflix book content online on their website where you could just click a button and stream what you wanted to see. And it was just like mind blowing. I'll never right? forget like, that. I'll never I, forget. I mean, are you kidding me? You can literally just click that and stream everything. Yep. You know, and, then, and it made me start thinking about too, like, you know, all of the, the DRM that surrounded, um, and for those who don't know, digital rights management, it's basically copyright prevention mechanisms of people that companies would use to try and prevent you from stealing their content off of the discs that you would get from Netflix and stuff. Because everybody back in the day, from what I remember, would rip, you know, ripping was a thing. And for sure. Would rip, like all the DVDs onto your personal hard drive so you could watch this content whenever you wanted, right? Like that was kind of the thing back then. But then when they made streaming so popular and so easy to get to, it was kind of like, well, why do you, why do you need this? You know, why are we doing this? Why are you ripping content? You just literally have this low monthly subscription and get access to all this stuff immediately. It killed you know? illegally <laughs> downloading media. Yeah, it really did. I mean, all the streaming literally has, has really just driven that whole like black market, so to speak, down, which it's not really a market because nobody cares. Nobody's really buying it, as far as I know. I mean, maybe there's some monetary exchanges going I'd on. I call it a market in the software industry because you can definitely buy crack software, but yeah. nobody's buying hacked movies. Like, nobody cares. No, nobody cares about that anymore. It's so, it's so prevalent, right? I mean, with all the, with all the different... You know, the Disney Plus, different streaming services, I was going to say, Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Google, YouTube, I mean, YouTube, uh, whatever their subscription is, YouTube Premium or whatever, um, Apple TV, all of this crap. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. But now, you know, I, I mention all that, the oh, my gosh, and there's like, we're shifting, I think, towards a point of, I think, critical mass has been reached kind of thing like in society as at least in American society and we're going wait I'm spending how much month for all these different services yeah I think I'll just go back to stealing crap well, you know, like, so that's that's literally something that I used to talk when I was in college for media that was a I wrote a bunch of papers about that because like what do people end up going back to is it is it something where it's like, okay, I'm paying $70 a month for subscriptions, I'd rather have cable, or is it that we don't care? And right. my answer always was, it's it's a, it's a third hidden option. It's content gets democratized. So for yep. forever, it was, if you wanted to make compelling content, you had to have a lot of money. Days of that are gone. Yeah. So yep. you can be someone like me, and so I'm a little bit more tech-savvy, so it doesn't apply to everyone, but if you're tech-savvy enough, you can pay $15 a month and see everything. You do not need yep. to pay the thing. And even even if you did, what that will lead to is people will stop caring about big-budget bullshit, and that's already coming. That, that started. People do yep. not care. And people will that's move started. to watching 
and what we've seen is right. people are moving to watch informational long form content and skit based right. short form content or short form informational content. And that shift has right. caused, and you can see this if you go on any of the like any of the DSPs, just digital service providers, you see them putting out shorter form content, much more slapstick. The editing looks like a YouTube video because content and the way we consume content has changed. And because of that, the models of the content delivery system are going to change. And the yeah. the other thing that highlights that is how streaming is not good and I, I know that's that's a weird statement to say because we just talked about how great it is we can see whatever the fuck we want whenever whenever like and that that part of it is great but streaming destroys artists you have yeah. seen many yeah. most large artists have stopped making music because they don't make any money from their music anymore yeah. it is harder to make money as an independent creator now than it ever has been because of streaming and because yeah. of that the, the, this trend that we're in right now it can't it, it's impossible for it to keep going or you're going to you're going to choke out art yep and that's that's the problem it's it's all power grab and that kind of goes back to the original point with apple versus epic right like epic came up with this amazing content and apple's trying to squeeze out every dollar out of them you know, so to speak, from that perspective, it's, you know, it's like one of those things where it's, it's to your point, it's exactly spot on for what, what we're saying. And as we're shifting, right, like I'm looking at that and I'm looking at stuff like TikTok, you know, and there's a lot of controversy with, you know, the president trying to make it a, an American company because it's, you know, and I actually don't disagree with that thought entirely. I think in the interest of like national security, there might be something there. It probably is something that we don't know about, but regardless of that, TikTok was like those bite-sized nuggets of content <clears throat> that you're talking about, like that short form kind of thing. And TikTok is like supreme. Like as soon as it came out, it was just like, it blew the world up. And I, I don't quite understand why I don't get it, but I never used it. I don't intend on using it. I don't really care. Um, but like it, it just amazes me how prevalent that, that little app and that little, you know, short form content, it became such a, a force in our society and it's changing, right? Like it's gone from, we've gone from like, you know, to your point, like YouTube, bigger, longer videos, whatever, big content, big, big, big to this, like, People spend their time on freaking TikTok watching yep. like 30 second clips. Yep. And then they do that like for hours. Yep. And I'm like, what? Like, there's no, you know, like, there's no storytelling in that. There's no, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's, it just doesn't make sense to me. But, um, you know, I don't know. The, the thing that bothers me is kind of what I just kind of alluded to there is storytelling, right? Like, the art of storytelling is it going to die? You know, like, that's what I think. Like, is it, is it a thing that we're, we should worry about? Like, is that something we have to teach kids or does it even matter? You know, like <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. I, I would say it does matter, but I don't know. I think you'll see like, where's the incentive? There has to be an incentive to tell my story. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. the great storytellers have gotten to a point where if they're not making X amount of dollars, they're not doing it. The other people that yeah. would learn to become great storytellers are not, they're not like, why are they going to learn how to do this thing that they can't make any money doing? Right. So you, you create right. this, like, there's just no incentive to do it. Um, 
And that's why I say eventually the government or someone's stepping in, it's going to change because the people that make the stuff are going to stop making the stuff. And once that happens, you have nothing and it won't work. So, like, it has to. Yeah, politically speaking, not to get into politics, really, I don't want both sides in the presidential campaign are are actually saying this now. They both want to change the, uh, the regulation 230, whatever that is. It basically protects all the social media platforms from having to regulate their content. So basically you can say whatever you want on Facebook because that law protects Facebook from being sued or otherwise, you know, disparage in any other way about the content that's put on there. And the interest at the time was when Congress passed, I believe it was like free speech. It was first amendment, which makes total sense to me. But now that we're reaching a point where like the whole political misinformation thing, all the social media and all this and that and yada, yada, both sides are literally coming out and saying there needs to be something done to regulate this. Like we need to change this law in some way, which I don't necessarily completely disagree with in a way because of like the misinformation that is in the deep fakes. Like you just talked about a minute ago, when stuff like that starts happening, it's like, Oh my goodness, we're, we're kind of dabbling in waters that I don't understand. And that kind of frightens me a little bit. So to have somebody regulate it makes some sense. I just don't know what kind of regulation makes, you know, the most sense, right? Like I don't know enough about it. I don't know what's the best option or avenue to go down, but if we start regulating it, right? Like, is that going to change the dynamic? Mm-hmm. Is that going to change the, the short form thing? And all of a sudden people can't do that anymore. You can't, you know, post a video of yourself dancing on TikTok because if you're under the age of 18, for example, because now it's, you know, considered, whatever my like minors like yep. risk of minors whatever i'm sorry i can't i can't say that correctly can't, it's not coming to me but you know you get my point yeah so um, that that's the kind of thing that i don't know we'll see what happens it's a very weird weird time it's it's so strange to me like the things that we have, we're worried about right now yeah not um, for sure and just because i'm a media nerd and i want to talk about it a little bit more because i have one last thing to say about it is like Hearing you talk about like not understanding like the short form like 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 the thirty second Vine thing like not Vine um TikTok thing yeah, yeah, do, TikTok. do you remember Vine? Oh yeah, I remember it. So like Vine didn't take off. Vine did it. take off. So so it kind of gets into this idea of user generated content versus like company generated content. So like people okay. people my age want to see somebody who looks like them is them interacts like them do stuff because it's way more relatable. Like we don't necessarily I don't personally want to see some dude win something on a baking show like the way people did in like the 90s with like the supermarket sweeps and like the prices right all the game shows and stuff like it's not it's not as relatable anymore to our age so like it also the other aspect of the short form is is it's really easy to create cultural moments in the short form because anybody can quote a six second video Anybody can walk up and say, you're not my dad, because that was a vine that happened that everyone remembered, and who can't remember that thing? Damn, Daniel, look at the white vans. The amount of times I've heard damn Daniel to me because I had white shoes on, like that's entirely due to user-generated and short-form content. Um, It's just just these bite-sized things, but you're right. Like the, The danger there is you can't incentivize that to the point where well you can it's just i don't want to see that incentivized to the point where you lose long form content you lose real discussion right. you lose people telling talking about their experience you lose the 40 minute concept album that some dude just made because he thought it was fun like 
We don't get those anymore. Yeah. You get 40 track long streaming albums because they want to make a little bit of money off their thing. Like, at what point do we as consumers suffer because the artists are not being taken care of? And so that's just something that, like, I'd love people listening to think about that. Like, think about this. Like, how are right now, like, we aren't getting paid for this. Like, oh, well, Austin and I are getting paid to work, but like, <laughs> we're not getting paid to podcast. Is that fair? Right. We do get we get thirty listeners. How are those thirty listeners a podcast not worth something? And as a creator, right. that does frustrate me. It's not sure. You know what? It might be ten cents. Give me my ten cents. Like right. that, and and yeah. we're seeing way more people be more upset about that. And now rappers want unions, and artists want union. Like it's going to get to a point where content is going to shift. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think. I think the content will shift and the forms will shift eventually. Somehow, some way they will. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't see the world changing off of the, the bite size bit. I mean, obviously that's a market that's here to stay. It probably always has been, right? Like we're humans and humans always wanted to record that short stuff. I mean, I remember even being a kid and back in my day, you know, like when being young, like my grandfather had, you know, a, camcorder or whatever like a, you know a shoulder mount camera from rca like he worked for rca and you know we'd record stuff as kids even then so it's not like it's really any different you know it's just it's one of those things like back then you kind of did it you goofed off you probably never watched it again right like it was yeah. on tape you had to rewind the tape lay it back on a vcr or whatever yep but i mean i remember like in some recordings back then that were kind of like you know like just goofball stuff, stuff that we were just like, Hey, this is my thing. Like I'm playing basketball. I want to be like Michael Jordan, you know, cause back in the early nineties, everybody wanted to be like Mike, right? Like that was the thing. Yep. And, and that was like a, a whole trend that was, was going down that road. But like, you know, it, now like content will probably shift, you know, towards some sort of mix where we've got, you know, some sort of, I don't know, regulated space is the first thing that comes to my mind like stuff's going to get regulated like it can't stay the way it is there's just no way too much of a free-for-all yeah it's too much first amendment stuff and people are abusing first amendment left and right right now and you know it's i don't know i just don't see it sustainable in the way it is maybe it will be who knows maybe the courts will keep it the way it is um but i don't know i think it'll get regulated form. I want to say something that I love about this podcast and our group in particular. I feel like everyone on this podcast is so willing to be like, yeah, but I don't, I have no clue. Like, <laughs> just, and like, that is, <laughs> that's important. Like, cause how many times have you been listening to a podcast and you heard someone just saying something and you're like, you don't know. Why are you talking like, you know, like, I love that. Like everyone here is willing to just be like, I don't know. But, I don't know shit. But here's what I think. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything. Austin's in the back going, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, I don't know. What else you got on your I've got a whole bunch of, like, other random crap we could talk about. But, like, I think we've beaten that that topic down. Yeah. Um, in other news, Vin Diesel has uh, partnered <laughs> with producer Kygo for his debut single, Feel Like I Do. Apparently, Vin Diesel is is leaving the Fast yeah. and Furious lifestyle to be an EDM DJ. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Did you just, like, catch that on a Twitter, like, yep. <laughs> short-form content? Yep. <laughs> there you go. 
That's funny. I was, I was open. like, so Apple, Apple just had iOS 14 roll out. Yep. Um, which I have it. I kind of hate it to be honest. Like it's okay. It's not bad, but it's, it's making my battery life suck, suck wind already. So, um, I'm not a fan of that, but other than that, it seems, you know, I guess I shouldn't say I hate it because it's a little strong. It's been okay. I don't mind the widget thing. Um, kind of taking me back to like the windows Vista days. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of what I think, but that, like Vista did when window or excuse me, windows Vista did widgets. Um, kind of the same way, similar way that uh, Apple's rolled this out, in my opinion. So I don't really understand what the appeal is there. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. It's 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 an attempt to do something different, and I respect that at least. Um, but I don't know. Have there been any bugs on it? I haven't really noticed any there of that. Were, kind of they, so they just rolled out for a 14.0.1 today that addressed some connectivity issues. So I guess it was causing some people to have issue dropping internet connection um, from Wi-Fi uh, access right. points. But it was it wasn't like a wide it wasn't super widespread it wasn't anything crazy um they that out that that came out for all of them so like my ipad just updated to 14.0.1 or ipad os or whatever so um but yeah i mean i i'll say like i, I okay you have the 11 pro right yeah, yeah. so here, i have that phone sure. i have not experienced any battery any battery drain that passed i just looked at my battery and i've mine has not changed since the update but um nope. i will say so i was a really early android user like i was really into android when i was younger um i had a i had like the first couple samsung galaxies and then i had the uh the first couple pixels and I, I loved them. I loved okay. rooting them and putting shit on them and all that good stuff. Um, and so, like, like the idea of widgets was always, like, really cool to me. But I hated how they worked in Android. Like, I just thought they were so yeah. ugly. Like, I don't know. I really don't like the freeform grid of Android just very much. I never have. Um, no. And yeah. I, I thought I was going to hate widgets on iOS. And I don't think they're the greatest thing ever for like your home screen. I do have two. I have my weather and my maps at the top. But like the the thing that's really been revolutionary for me for iOS 14 is the app library is awesome. I love that. I love that I can just go over and they're all there. Because um, I'm one of those people where I want my home screen to be one screen, very decent looking, not a bunch of clutter. And so it's a good way to decrease clutter. But I've found that that like that swipe left screen that you get to like the the Siri spotlight type screen. I love that screen now. Like I actively use it more. It displays my batteries for my AirPods and my watch. It displays my calendar in a, in a more active way. I finally have a place to check my activity rings for my Apple watch in like a succinct way instead of opening that pointless app. Like a lot of things. I found yeah, a lot of creature comforts. Okay. Well, that's fair. I don't use it in that way. I mean, I am looking at it right now. It's kind of like, it's nice. It's okay. Um, I don't find myself using it that much. And, and I always organize my, my screens how I want. So the app library never didn't really offer much for me and I don't use it at all. I mean, it's cool. I think it's neat for most people. And I'm probably one of those like kind of ADD types that was real analytical and anal about how I, you know, laid out all my icons, all my app icons and stuff. So, um, and I've always been that way. Like I've always maintained my phone that way and I'm very used to that. So to me, it just, the usability wasn't, wasn't that great. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, 
it, it kind of goes back like a lot of this stuff. I was had this thought the other day. It's just like, you know, I don't even care about like any of the updated stuff anymore. Like I'm getting to that point now where it's like, oh, okay, we've tried that. We did that. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm already getting to the grumpy old man stage at the right age of 42. But it's yeah. like, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, okay, like whatever. You know, and, and I was honestly kind of disappointed too on a side note in the a bit of the hardware um, my wife had a had an iPhone X or 10 or whatever the heck I don't know I don't remember what the correct normal picture is, and it just like the screen just died the other day, like for no reason. Don't tell like, me it that. Was <laughs> and it was like fine, and literally had it charged. You know, it's, she was asleep overnight. Woke up the next morning and it was just completely dead, and still can't get it to come on. You know, like I don't understand that. And so that kind of bothers me, you know, like, it's like one of those things it's like, all right, you know, you know, I, and I get, it's one, one data point, one person, one phone, all that kind of thing. But, you know, I've, I remember when the 10 came out, I think it was 10, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. iPhone 10. Sorry, come back. Okay. So when that came out, it, it was like supposed to be, you know, I think it was the first one without the button. Yes. Right. Wasn't yeah. that the case? Yeah. So it's revolutionary. And just to see the screen like die after, you know, a couple of years of use is like, really? Like, I don't know. I feel like the quality should be better than that. But I again, only, phone, I, get, I only give like, them a pass on the 10 because it was the first model year of the phone. And I give them a little bit of a pass because it was their first time doing a couple things. Like face ID breaks on the 10, like every, on everyone's phone. Like every, almost every 10 I've encountered, like the face ID at some point stops working and it's not a fit. It's not like even a fixable thing. Um, and like, I do fault Apple. I'm definitely not like Apple's. Yeah, it's fine. You can just make things that break. But like, right. I do like. I'm I'm not like. If they did it every time, I'd be like, this is a problem. But like, I yeah. feel like you know, it was like the first time trying a new design. They did some things wrong. I can't. I won't speak to the whole screen right. dying thing. That's a much bigger issue that I I'm not aware of personally. Yeah. But like. I know, like, your Face ID doesn't work on your 10, right? It came that way. Yeah, it came that way. Well, you bought it used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You bought yeah. it used. Um, and My girlfriend has a 10. Her Face ID stopped working recently. I had a 10. It never happened to me, but I upgraded quickly, so it didn't matter. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I completely oh, yeah. agree. I thought you were actually going somewhere else with that because I was disappointed by the Apple event as no. well, but it was just because they didn't announce the yeah. new iPhone and I wanted a new iPhone. I was going to comment on that, too. Uh, last thought on the 10, like I have an iPhone six plus that my daughter uses is just like literally just to like watch YouTube kids or whatever and do a couple things for a class. And that thing is going strong. Like oh, yeah. still to this day, it's amazing. And I'm like, huh, I should take this back. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> go back, go, go back in time. Anyways. Um, but you know, I was disappointed in the, the event as well. Like I, I was like, really, that's just so boring. And I, I was hoping they would, roll out a phone hopefully that's isn't that supposed to be coming there's like a lot of rumors yeah that so that's uh, that was kind of setting it up to tell people like it's gonna come um because apple had announced earlier in march that their supply chain got a little bit messy because of corona um and it was going to affect the iphone launch so the chances are there'll just be another event in october announcing the new iphone right um, because Apple yeah. doesn't like to announce things when it's not ready to go like apple likes to announce order and go in like one day um, yeah, which I think I think is brilliant because you look at that and compare and contrast it to the uh, I got to go here and talk about it, the Surface Duo that mm -hmm. just came out and how bad like it's 
you know, it, it basically Microsoft rolled it out and they, they probably did it a month or two too early. Like they should have spent the next, like from the day they released it 60 days after that, like, and then released it 60 days later. You know what I mean? Like yep. they should have released it Q4 right before the holidays or something like that, because it just, it, they released it and every review I've ever seen is like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting sleek design. It's really cool like to hold and it's very polished, but it's just software is just so clunky. Well, like and it it's $2,000 in September. Who, like, <laughs> nobody's yeah. doing that. Nobody's doing that. And no one's spending, well, if you compare it to that, the iPhone, right? The iPhone 10, or excuse me, the iPhone 11 Pro is a thousand bucks on the Apple website, right? Like, it's, it's a grand. It's yeah. not cheap, you know, but, you know, just go up from that, like, the, I think the lowest end duo was like 1500 bucks, if I remember correctly. So it's like $500 more. And what exactly are you getting out of that? You're getting four less years of updates. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Um, There's uh, the the two screens is what they're, you know, they're talking about, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a unique, it's, it's kind of an interesting version one. I probably won't ever buy it. Uh, Not in a version one, but version two, I think they'll probably get it right by then because it's kind of like the whole how the Surface uh, Pro started, right? Like, I don't know if you remember that, but like I had a Surface Pro uh, 2 and I waited intentionally because the Pro 1, the processor just wasn't beefy enough. Yeah. But the Pro 2 was. So I got on and it ran full, you know, Windows, I think it was Windows 8.1 or 8 at the time, whatever that was. And it could actually, you know, um, manage like, some low-level gaming and like all your apps, all the Office, Excel, Word, PowerPoint, all that good stuff, which was awesome. Like an Outlook too. So it was completely portable. It was a nice tablet. I enjoyed that form factor. Um, so I think they'll get it right in the next version. I think it'll probably take off. Is my guess. Um, you know, especially since it's Android based, you can pretty much get any Android app on the thing. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like that the whole app store thing is not an issue anymore. So it's like, well, if it's running that, you know, I think you'll see, I think you'll see adoption really take off, especially in the business world, because, you know, if if I can, I was thinking about it the other day, like the iPhone, I love the iPhone ecosystem. I love how Apple, like you can, I can tie that with my Mac at home, my iPad, all that good stuff. And everything's kind of seamless and integrated. And if Microsoft could replicate that, which is what everybody's been wanting them to do forever, (laughs) they just never, they're finally getting to that point. Like it would just, I think it would make a lot of power users and business users, guys like me and gals like me that are, that are really focused on like, okay, I was working on this spreadsheet and my, my tablet, you know, my surface Neo that's supposed to come out, you know, I can't remember if it's holidays sometime soon. And then I want to switch that or move that content. I can easily transfer that over to my PC or my desktop all running on windows 10. And, and that kind of functionality I think would be pretty remarkable, especially in like small, medium business space. You're going to start seeing some widespread adoption there. I think, um, people going to the windows phone off of the, you know, if that's what they prefer. Yeah. So, I, I echo I mean, those I'll sentiments probably, except for, I don't think it'll be adopted by like people. Cause I just think it's stupid, but I do yeah, think like yeah. productivity for yeah. sure. Two screens. Why not? Yeah. yeah. 
I'll have one eventually. I'll have, like I said, version two, I'll probably have one of those, but version one, probably not. Probably not going to get that. Just the reviews that came out. I mean, MKBHD did, did a review I liked, and he was just basically like, it, you know, kind of echoed exactly where I, where I just, I probably am, actually, I'm echoing him. Is is uh, like, he's, it was like, yeah, it's really cool form factor, but the software is kind of just a little weird. Yeah. And Paul Pilot, Mary Jo Foley both came out and said the same thing. So Leo Laporte, all those guys. So, like it's all it's all interesting. So yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see. I mean, it's it's early access. Yeah, you got to pay the tax. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you do. And but I, I like Panos Panay's vision for it. I think he does a pretty remarkable job. He has a good good thoughts on what he's trying to do. So I got to respect that. So, anyways, did I just kill the conversation? No, no, no. I, um, for anyone that see, Josh can't see this because he's not in the office anymore. But I just watched watched Austin put three different pairs of headphones on his head, and it kind of like took all of my brain. <laughs> Why did you do that? Beats me. Can't hear. <laughs> yeah, really. You need to hear more through your temple. And yeah, your- <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm getting. I'm trying to improve the sound quality right now. Well, yeah. Well, this is going to be our second more than an hour long podcast we've officially become yeah last last week was our was our first over an hour which is up and then this week will be our second over an hour we're fitting the algorithm right. better yep they like that we're feed we're feeding oh really they like that <laughs> yeah people like people like the hour to two hour podcast they hit more that's interesting huh I guess I do. I, I think about it, the ones I listen to are two hours each. Yep. If I remember correctly. People like to have an experience. Yeah, well, they just experienced a bunch of, uh, you know, suburban kids from Indiana <laughs> talk for an hour. <laughs> and I hope they loved it because guess what? They're not getting much more of it because we got to get out of here. And it, then I, I, ain't, I ain't staying around for them. <laughs> 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 we're working late right. for the pod. No, nah, but for real, um, I think we, I think those were interesting. I mean, I, we really only talked about two things, but they were two pretty important things that I think needed to be talked and, about. So. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with you. And we, we have good enough insight on it. I think people will appreciate that. So hopefully, hopefully you guys do and gals do and all that and everything. Even we'll if you don't, we love you guys. Yeah, even if you don't, just tweet us about it and yell at us, and I'll yell at you back we'll on argue Twitter. argue right back. Yeah, our Twitter's oh. nasty, I swear. It's not <laughs> nasty at all. It's it's very tame. We say the F yeah, word no, sometimes. Is- Every once in a while. Oh, my goodness. You got to put that. Make sure you get that explicit lyrics content on there, that label. Yeah, really. Austin Look loves out. that label. I'm, it's one of my favorite things. Parental advisory. Mm. <laughs> It's a cool sticker, man. Yep. I'm going to leave everyone with, you know, I feel like every time we leave, like it's just something about Austin, but today we're going to leave with, you should definitely have a parental advisory sticker on Austin because the parents need to be advised. That's for them to, that's for them to figure out. They gotta figure out. I can't, I can't with you too. I just can't. Um, another thing, right. I'll wait real quick. I have to say this because our listeners need to know. They need to know because they also need to know because if I say it, I'll actually do it. Um, Austin and I will be having a podcast come out. Um, the, the it'll just be Austin and I, um, and it's going to be called "None of This Really Happened," um, and it's going to be Austin and I talking about things that never happened. 
It would be really, right. really inappropriate. And uh, that sounds yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a you know, it's a little, it's a loophole. It's uh, hey, none of this actually happened though, so you can't be mad. <laughs> but we're, right. we're, we're working on that, and that'll be coming soon. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, and we will we'll catch you in the next one.